0: Lock on. Lock
1: on. Lock, lock, lock on. Lock, lock, lock on lock,
0: lock on, lock on. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Lana McCool. You can check him out on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir?
1: Oh, so much. It's just, I mean, you know, it, after the draft, it's going to be quiet. But right now, it's just – there's so many things just flying around, and I, I'm loving it. I mean, especially since we're all – I hate that. it. I hate it
0: because all it does is bring up my stress level. That's all.
1: Yeah, I know. That's the difference between you and me is that you stress <laughs> out about all this. I, I love it. Of course I, I do. I, I, I think it's I, – I, I have not – you know I love the endless possibilities. I, I think that staring into the void terrifies you, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm one of these people. I like to know exactly what's going to happen at all times. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a very uh, – adventurous person i like to be prepared yeah. uh so the nfl draft just stresses me out because of all the the possibilities of what could happen mm. um we got a lot of i don't know if you want to call it news but just like rumors and buzz over the last 24 hours since the last time we did this podcast
1: i think this uh, I, 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 r- real quick i think this draft is gonna kill you because i, I mean this, oh yeah for this, sure this, this draft is gonna be nothing but chaos no one has it, no one seemingly has any idea what's about to happen on thursday I, I I think this whole thing is just going to be completely shock after surprise after surprise. You may not even make it to the Cowboys pick.
0: Here's the good thing: is my expectations are so low right now, so anything that is halfway <laughs> decent, I'm going to be praising on Twitter and on the podcast. So uh, uh, that 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 part is good. Um, let's talk about Stephen Jones landing going on 105.3 The Fan today uh, and offering up a lot of you know interesting little things before. Uh, the draft kicks off next week. Um, let's go ahead and start with this one, and I think this is maybe the most important. Uh, they asked him about the Cowboys' need for a linebacker, and Stephen Jones said it would be news to me in terms of a heightened need for the linebacker position. Basically, saying, "Hey, we don't need a starting linebacker. We feel good about Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, Leighton, there's been a lot of buzz." over the last couple of weeks about Kenneth Murray being a potential option at number 17. Uh, what do you take away from that statement from Stephen Jones?
1: Okay. So I, I, I think we, we have to talk about the second quote as well, yes. because I think the second quote is actually potentially tied to the first quote.
0: Yeah. So he is talking, then he went on to talk about how the Cowboys are going to have a more multiple defense this year. And they are looking for, a uh, like a strong side linebacker designated pass rusher position uh, something they really haven't had in the past Uh, he's he actually mentioned the the Patriots as uh, a kind of defense that they're going to model where uh, they've got some hybrid positions Uh, so I think that's an interesting note as well so go ahead
1: so I think the reason that that is interesting is because you know first of all technically that could make sense for why they would be interested in still drafting. a Look, let's put aside the linebacker drafting in the first round value uh, uh, conversation, right? Like I, I, I generally agree. I, I, I think linebackers are, it's tough to draft. I, I think that they've had a renew importance because of the, the rise of RPOs, but I understand the conversation of, of not drafting a, a, a linebacker in the first round. However you feel about that. I, I think that the reason it, drafting a linebacker the first round becomes relevant for the Cowboys here despite the what Stephen Jones has said in that first quote where that they don't that they don't have a heightened need for a linebacker is that with the kind of usage of a Sam linebacker designated pass rusher role you could potentially see someone like Jalen Smith uh, going outside uh, and do we it, like
0: that though? let's talk, let's talk about that. Do we like the idea of Jalen potentially filling that role? Uh,
1: I, I mean I don't I don't know I kind of I kind of don't have a problem with it. I, I think he's good moving forward. I think that th- that position p- would put him in a position to do a lot more of that. Uh, I, you know I mean I, I think every single time I especially the last last year, Going into training camp and seeing Jalen Smith, I mean, he looks like a defensive lineman. He, yeah, he's, mean, a bit, he, he's, he's significantly big.
0: bigger than the average linebacker in today's yeah. NFL.
1: And so I, I just think that in that kind of role, where I mean, he does know how to drop. Like you just, you know, he's. I wouldn't. I don't love him in man coverage, but no. I, 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 but I like him a lot actually in in zone drops. You know, I. Th- but because- if he's a
0: Sam, he's going to probably have to cover more tight ends, correct?
1: Not necessarily. He could be doing. Uh, he could be doing drops into the the flat. He could be doing zone. I mean, you know, if he's kind of doing like a almost like a buck linebacker version of like you know, a, you see in college a drop end. Those guys aren't necessarily covering man to man cover guys. They're dropping into the to short zones, into hook zones, or, or into into the flat. Or you know, you know what I'm saying. So, sure. I, I think those are all things that if you're if you're talking about that being the main role going forward, attacking, blitzing, and then doing the occasional short zone drop. Like, you've just listed all the things that Jalen Smith does really, really well and kind of so, sort of taken away the things where maybe he struggles a little bit. So I, 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 I'm not saying that that's, it's a perfect fit. I'm just saying that might be the reality of the situation where, okay, let's get another run and hit linebacker to kind of sit, play next to Leighton Van Der Esch, and then we move Jalen to sort of a part-time pass rusher part-time sam linebacker role and and you know really have some versatility to do a lot of different things i okay. mean it's, it's, kind, if... it's kind of like what we talked about with zach bond you know if we draft yeah him, absolutely bond, yeah except, except just moving a guy that we have to that position i think he has different skill sets than bond but i think they translate to the position that you would be putting bond into sure. in, in a very similar manner
0: yeah i i kind of have a feeling i mean i love bond so do you um and he might even be a guy that the Cowboys consider at 17 or in a trade back. To me, I, I just have a feeling they're probably not going to spend the 17th pick on a Sam linebacker pass rushing specialist. I think they'd be more open to that like in round two. Um, you know, maybe a guy like Josh Ushi, who yeah. probably is not a, not a full-time defensive end. Uh, he he's, has a lot of experience in coverage. Maybe that is somebody that you could draft in round two and have him be a, you know, a hybrid player and you could still – Address your cornerback need in the first round. I think, I think that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I even brought up to you uh, Terrell Lewis, the the Alabama linebacker who uh, has a little bit of experience doing that. I, I feel like fifty one, that might be the sweet spot to find one of those types of players. Correct? Because I, th- I know you like both of those guys in that role.
1: Yeah, um, I think that. Uh, I I mean I really I mean I think the big thing for me honestly was just hearing him talk about the fact that that role is a reality. I yeah, that, I that makes me happy. Yeah, yes. because because I think you and I have, and, and some other people have been talking about this as a possibility with Nolan coming in and, and that that kind of opens up the, uh, the the possibility of getting these types of players, right? Uh, and, and, and even when Zach Bond got listed as, you know, someone that they were talking to or whatever, there was obviously a, a lot of, uh, of uh, speculation, not speculation, but a lot of people just kind of s- simply brushing it off as, I bet they're just wa- uh, trying to, re- you know, uh, look at him as an off-ball linebacker so yeah. the fact that they're that they've confirmed that this is a potential thing that they're looking at I think that alone is is exciting I think you know what we don't know is what the value that they're putting on that position is the second round right, too rich right. for, for a guy like that who is kind of versatile back and forth do you value that player at the same rate that you value? The, the, do you value that player the same way that we would previously value a right defense event or is there or a de- like is yeah there like a saying, even route, like a
0: strong you know? safety what about like a strong safety do you value that spot more than a strong safety in the second round yeah Maybe.
1: yeah no no I, I mean I, I, I that's the thing is that with a new position like we don't know what the proper allotment in like positional yeah. value is you know is it is it on par with a a, a traditional edge player or is it you know sure. more of a lesser valued player because they, they have to kind of be used in a, uh, a, a versatile role to get that sort of uh, full uh, value out of them? I don't, I don't know that that's, that's the kind of part that's still difficult to parse. is Is this something they would even be willing to do to pull the trigger on at 51 or is the whole point of this position to try to exploit later round players that have fallen through the cracks because they don't have a defined position in other defenses?
0: Yep, yeah, I agree. Uh, it's going to be fascinating because I think not only are we going to learn who the Cowboys pick in the next week, we are going to learn a lot about what the team might look like and the defense might look like with uh, all the new coaches, Mike Nolan and Jim Tom Sewell on staff. Um, let's take a quick break and we will come back and talk about Clemson cornerback AJ Terrell. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, over the last 24 hours, there's been a new name, uh, associated with the Cowboys at pick number 17. We've now heard from uh, Dane Brugler, from Jeff Kavanaugh, from Brian Broadus, uh that A.J. Terrell is somebody that we really need to consider as a possible selection at pick number 17. Uh, Dane Brugler was on the Pro Football Focus podcast, uh, and he said that the Cowboys have a lot of interest there. Uh, but he's not convinced that Terrell's going to be available. Uh, that's at least a little bit surprising to me. Uh, he said that you know there's three or four teams ahead of Dallas that really like him. Uh, the Raiders are another one I know at pick number 12 that have a lot, a lot of interest. Uh, they love those Clemson players and the secondary guys. So um, I, I still think, and I, please t- you can correct me if I'm wrong, but C.J. Henderson and Caleb Kay- Von Chason are their two. Uh, options, you know, their their the first options at seventeen, but after that, I think Terrell is somebody that we need to consider. What are your thoughts on uh, on Terrell and you know the Cowboys' interest at number seventeen?
1: You know, when we heard this, you and I were kind of discussing this offline, mm-hmm. and, we, and we were mentioning that there's there's kind of this tier of of uh, of one two rated cornerbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Of like uh, Diggs and now Terrell, I guess that are that are guys that they could take at 17 and we would be like, okay, you know I mean? We're, we're well, glad.
0: To... I, I was going to say, there's even more guys. Like, I don't know if Kristen Fulton's one of the guys they like, but I think he's somebody that kind of gets mentioned well, in the same breath. Jalen Johnson's yeah, the I same. Mean,
1: he, I, I think, J, J, okay. Jalen Johnson. Yes. In that group. I think Fulton's different because I don't think you and I would be thrilled about it. No no, 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 I would be, I would be okay with, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like I would be like, okay, like that kind of flat reaction to Diggs, Terrell and J- uh Jalen um I-, I think with Fulton I- I'm just really not a fan so much so I I, I would feel yeah, neither am I. I would not love it uh as much but I-, I do think that you're right in the sense that he's probably has that same level of value and he could be an option if they kind of get wiped out but yes I do totally agree I think Henderson and uh Chase on are clearly still the guys that they're hoping for and and you know honestly like when I hear stuff like AJ Terrell may not fall to them at seventeen, like, is it that crazy that Chaseon or, or or Henderson might make? I mean, maybe Henderson, but is, is it that crazy to think that Chaseon might fall to them? Because, like, goodness, I mean, no one, no one's been putting Chaseon has been falling all the way to like sixteen and and seven. Sometimes fall into us, and we're not even considering like, you know, six offensive tackles, which we've heard this week, or or. Uh, A.J. Terrell being drafted in the first 15 picks, you sure. know? Like, yeah. So it, I, I really think we're in for a whole bunch of surprises on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, I mean, every time I run a, a mock draft simulator, whether it's at FanSpeak or the Draft Network, for the most part, it's the same, I would say, like 18 names that go off the board ahead of the Cowboys at pick 17, right? There's a couple of times where it's a wild card, but for the most part, it's the same usual suspects that go ahead of Dallas if guys like A.J. Terrell go off the board before the Cowboys pick or uh, four quarterbacks or uh, Justin Jefferson, who's been mentioned now as somebody who could rise you know, way up the draft boards, uh, it's, it's going to be fascinating. I, what would your reaction be, Lynn? And If the Cowboys do, you know, they, they miss out on Chason and Henderson and they pull the trigger on Terrell at 17, what would your reaction be to that pick?
1: Um.
0: There you go. I think you said it right there. That's yeah, your reaction to the that's deep it. sigh. Uh
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's not great. <laughs> I mean, I don't know it, it yeah. wouldn't be great. Like I don't know what else to really say. So
0: you're a Diggs fan over Terrell.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am, but but I don't yeah. I you know, again, like I I I but only by a bump. You know, like okay. I, so like they're not their tags aren't touching, but they're but they're in the neighborhood, you know.
0: That's the way I feel. It's like for me, for A.J. Terrell, it's like, okay, you probably could have got a similar player at the end of the first round. You might even get a similar player at 51, but I get it. Corners are hard to hard to come by. He's a 4-4-2 corner at 6-1, 195. Those kind of guys are hard to draft. Hey, at least it's not a linebacker, right? That would be my reaction uh... to it. I, I wouldn't love it, but, hey, I, I, I at least get it for the positional value. Speaking of positional value, Lennon – uh, Mike Fisher this morning reported that the Cowboys are still really interested in pursuing a Jamal Adams trade. Uh, Jamal Adams said uh, this week that he will not be participating in any of the uh, Jets offseason activities uh, as he waits for a new contract. Um, we knew the Cowboys were pretty interested in Jamal Adams last year uh, at the trade deadline. I believe the Jets wanted a first round pick and two second round choices. The Cowboys did not want to do that. But with less than a week to go and knowing who some of the options for the Cowboys are at number seventeen, how would you feel about the Cowboys trading their first round pick for Jamal Adams?
1: You know, I I, I would still be on board with it. I I think I've been I've been misinformed on it a little bit. Uh, I thought that he was entering into his fifth year, but I, he's actually so he's going into the final he's going year, into right? his fourth year, right? With the fifth yeah. year still with the fifth option still there, so. Yep. That changes the math for me. I mean, I, and I apologize to, to people that uh, I spoke to them about this earlier because I actually went back and checked, and I was misinformed. I thought that they had picked up his fifth year option, and that he was entering his fifth year. And and for me, that made this not worthwhile, right? Because you only get one year, then you got to re-sign him, and you're you're going to mm-hmm. probably have to re-sign him anyways. But right. again, I think
0: that's the whole reason he's holding out is sure. he wants a new contract. Right and now. I think that's yeah. true,
1: but I also think that there in much of what we discussed there is leverage in your contract negotiations by having those two years left you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like so sure. um so you, you that can help bring the price down a little bit you know that i guess was what i'm saying so yeah uh i i, I uh, keeping that in mind yes i think i am interested at in, 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 in getting him at 17. Um, and now let's let's uh, let's get into the prefunctory uh, argument about uh, whether this is Byron Jones <laughs> and the 17th pick versus Jamal Adams. Because I I, All right. I don't I don't agree there, but okay. All right,
0: let's first start with this. If my options are Jamal Adams or Kenneth Murray at 17, I think well, you guys duh. know where I'm going, yeah, but they're yeah, not. Yeah, but yeah. they're that's not the option, but for some reason it could be. Okay. All right, let's talk about Byron Jones versus Jamal Adams. So on Twitter today. I was talking about the logic of trading for Jamal Adams and then signing him. Um, I generally have a problem with trading assets away and then having to pay the player right away, right? Because I think that, as you mentioned, I think that's what Jamal Adams wants. My problem is, if you, you let Byron Jones leave in free agency, who I think is one of the top 10 corners in the league, and now the plan is to trade a first round pick away and maybe more to grab a safety, which is traditionally a, a position with lesser value and give Jamal Adams like 14, $15 million a season. That's just too much for me. Right. I I, I feel like you, you would have been much better off signing Byron back. Sure. Maybe a couple million more than what Jamal Adams wants. And then drafting a safety at 17 rather than the flip side of what could happen. Um, you're, I know I know the argument here is that you're gonna tell me that Jamal Adams isn't like his traditional strong safety because he can blitz he can cover really well um, but my problem is if you go ahead and do this it's a lot of resources invested into that position and your cornerbacks are still going to be a problem for the you know for the near future and I'm not sure that a really really good strong safety can overcome your weaknesses at corner
1: okay uh, first off, if you sign Byron Jones, your cornerbacks are still going to be a problem in the future. Let's let's start probably, there. but it's a man, it's more management, <laughs> well, right? Because it's but, easier but, to get the number two. But the difference is is the, this is the the crux of my argument is that I, I think there's an argument to be to be made that you need a solid cornerback group, not one great cornerback. And I I think that's that's the argument that's that's that we're kind of going with is that they're trying to bolster the entire unit. Uh, than than trying to put all the all their eggs in one basket at, at cornerback specifically. I t- totally I totally agree with you that uh, on some on some of the points you made. The things I would push back on are the quality. You know the the, the positional value is legitimate. You know the, between cornerback and safety. I think that gets eaten into on a couple fronts though. One you mentioned Jamal Adams is above and beyond a better safety than you know what the average is and and, and, sure. and, and, yeah. and much better in areas like coverage that are the reason that you give cornerback the nod over safety. So I think that, you know, as far as the kind of types of players that he's covering, I mean, Jamal Adams is a better coverage safety than, than Byron Jones might be a coverage cornerback.
0: <laughs> okay. And listen again, I don't even disagree with you there. I, yeah. I, I I think you can make a really strong case that Jamal Adams is the best strong safety in the league, and Byron's let's say the number eight corner in the league. Like I don't think that's a stretch, right? I, I think that's I, at least I think fair. That,
1: I think that you're also we're also putting strong safety onto Jamal Adams. Okay,
0: that's fine. Just get rid of strong safety. I, I think a, he's one of the top three safeties in football.
1: Okay, okay, okay. I, so, and is I that think, fair enough? Yes, absolutely. And I think that when you when you the, the thing that, that that really pushes me back on this is the opportunity cost for for losing yes. a first round pick right I think you know that's
0: my biggest problem as well Because, yeah. I again I really like Jamal Adams like if you're I could get behind that if, if it was just in free agents let's say these guys are both free agents and they're you're, they're going for the same amount of money I could even get behind hey Jamal Adams is a better player than Byron Jones maybe Byron plays a more important position. But Jamal is a better player. I'm fine with giving him the money. My problem comes in it when you have to also attach a first-round pick to it.
1: No, I mean the problem is, is that you have the opportunity to sign Byron Jones on the open market. And you don't have that. You're having to pay for the opportunity to pay f- to get Correct. Jamal out of That's where I always struggle I tol- with this. I totally understand that and, and uh, I, I don't disagree. I, I think the difference is is that that's the difference between a very good player and a potential Hall of Fame player. Is that those kind of guys? You know, Byron Jones is a very good corner. He hasn't been great, ever, you know, since he stepped on the field. Right? There were times when we sure. weren't sure what we were doing with him. And I also still think there are questions how he will translate outside of uh, uh, outside of that specific system playing corner. I think he's great. I think he will do well. Jamal Adams is like Earl Thomas level safety. I mean, can can we say that? Like, I mean, he's, he's Sure, at in,
0: least at, around that caliber. Yeah, sure.
1: He's he's young in his career, and he's I'm not not that type of player. But I'm saying like yeah, caliber, yeah, caliber of player. you know yeah, at, at sure. his position. I think to get you you don't get access to those types of players at any position, uh, on the free market really anymore. It just doesn't happen. So. That I mean, I, I'm not. i just saying that's why yeah. we're having to pay for that. That's why there's a, an opportunity cost there because the caliber of player that we're talking about is not very good. It's it's not it's great. It's like he's a generational safety. Like you know, I think he's. I mean, I don't know that there's. You know, what I'm saying yeah. like he's that much yeah, better yeah. than so, other players of his of his generation at that position.
0: So the Cowboys did a very similar trade to this in 2018 when they traded for Amari. They got Amari with what, on the fourth year of his rookie contract with a fifth-year option still available. Um, and I think you can say that trade worked out. Now, the difference for me is, and this is actually goes back to a KD Drummond point, uh, there's a money five positions in the NFL. Quarterback, yeah. offensive tackle, defensive end, uh, corner receiver. I think receiver of those five positions is the probably the least valuable, but I do think it's a more valuable position than safety, and that's why I was okay with that. I would be hesitant to, and this is just me. I would be hesitant to give up a first round pick and have to pay a player that's not one of those top five positions, and even at receiver and even at corner, I would be hesitant to do it unless you're getting like, you know, an elite left tackle or an elite pass rusher. That's probably when I would be open to doing it. But now with a safety, even as great as Jamal Adams is, it just feels like a lot of resources invested to one position when I think it's fair to say defense is a lot about who's your worst defender on the field, right? You need to have, you need to be able to uh, have 11 guys that are all talented and don't have major weaknesses. You know, if you bring in Jamal Adams <laughs> and you, you know, you and you have you still have Chidobi Wouzier and Jordan Lewis as your outside corners. I'm not sure it's going to make that big of a difference.
1: But Chidobi Wouzier and Jordan Lewis weren't the worst part of our de- our defensive backfield last year. The strong safety position was by sure. far the worst part of our, de- our defensive last year. So, but the problem I mean, is you're, you're you're right. your your own I point agree. is is that that you want to upgrade. You want you're only as good as your worst thing. <laughs> now suddenly your second and third best thing are your worst thing, and your worst thing is your best thing. But <laughs>
0: <Well, laughs> the funny thing, okay, you're you're not wrong, but because you lost Byron, I think those other two are going to be you know in more fish out of water. Right now, instead of Uwuzie being your number two corner, he's your number one. Instead of you know Lewis being your number three, he's your number two. I I, I think. You're basically just swapping weaknesses here and giving up a first round pick and paying you to do so. That, that's kind of my thought here.
1: Again, I can't argue against the opportunity cost loss for for the you know for that. I, I just can say that I, I think you can make up for the loss of talent of one player by scheme diversity and by 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 doing a bunch of different things to to confuse quarterbacks and receivers. Uh, I think with a very versatile safe strong safety and a new defensive coordinator. a lot of that stuff can be made up with using more exotic coverages. if you can get another guy in here, another smart solid cornerback, you've got a very high floor group of defensive backs. Uh, so and I, I think you can do a you can make up the, the the loss of that one player by raising the tide across the across the defensive backfield. Not just with Jamal Adams, but with the opportunities provided with the new defensive coordinator as well.
0: And that's a fair point. I, I would say, if I knew for a fact that the Cowboys could get, let's say, a Trevon Diggs in the second round, that won't happen. But like, yeah, no, though, exactly. Or Jeff Gladney yeah. in the second round, then I'd be way more open. Then to let's it, roll, right? Be, yeah, I mean, because, because yeah, like, yeah.
1: because at that point you it'd be like you just think, well, yeah, you're losing the cost opportunity, but honestly, you you probably could have drafted a safety in the first two rounds. So trading for Jamal Adams is just like getting an extremely high floor, the highest floor safety you could possibly ever draft. Uh, And then, you know, you still get the chance to potentially draft a guy that you like, you know, maybe Gladney's there, maybe, you know, uh, Jalen Johnson falls there, Uh, you know, even some of these other guys, Uh, then you, 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 you know, you, you get that opportunity to get that guy too. And then suddenly you're really ready to go.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's at least intriguing to me, but Hey, We'll end up with Kenneth Murray, and we'll have to deal with that so, uh, All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCV. You can follow the show at On Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Mosier. Enjoy your weekend. We will be back on Monday for draft week. Uh, we will see you later.